Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 170. We're glad you could join us today. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. Hi, um, I am Soraya Zell, and uh, I have a uh, hole in my head, um, and it makes putting headphones on hard. Okay, you're going to have to give me some background on that. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, I, I had a uh, sister removed, and so they had to cut open my... Uh, uh, scalped this this past uh, like right at the beginning of the weekend and and so I have stitches like right above where like the headphone ear pad goes um, and it, it stopped hurting consistently which means I start I can now forget that I have an injury that I, or a, a wound I'm recovering from and so I'll, I'll do things like put on my headphones and then like you know very quickly be reminded that um, I, I have a, a problem. Wow, and you'll of course um, accidentally bash that particular side of your head into you know the door frame every time you go out of your room because that's what it's like when you have an injury. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's always it, like that you... that specific spot. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm, I hope you feel better soon. Uh, Bait, you're up, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Bait, and I sexually identify as Florida man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good to know. Is that going to be an option now on uh, when you fill out applications for things? You got male, female, and Florida man. I, I believe, oh no, there's more. I there, believe that we are now more. at the point that they just give you a blank line for gender, and you can just put whatever in there you want. You joke. They actually do. I encountered it uh, while filling out college apps. They uh, they give you a male and female, and then other. And if you click other, they give you a nice little box. And I was seriously considering writing something completely amazing. But I refrained because I still have to get into college. I feel like you should have. It's it, like if they were to yeah, if they were to take a your packet. <laughs> yeah, like if, they can't not they cannot tell you your gender is invalid. You I'm can put whatever you want in ethnicity. there, and they must accept it. All right, then I'm going to do it. I'm a I'm a hey. sexually I'm a Florida man, and ethnically I'm a Kekistani. Hey, I just I just want to make just remind you that. Of everybody on this podcast, I'm probably the one that can talk to you about bad life choices and random success. So you could do that, and it would be pretty cool. We'd really like a report back on the podcast if you do, or at least whatever the letter is at that, that uh, university or uh, organization of higher learning, trade school, whatever it is you're <laughs> applying to, sends you back. But uh, I would recommend not doing that. Although on bank applications, it's even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> All right, Jay, you're up. Uh, yeah, the only thing I got uh, tonight, uh, other than the fact that I'm, my name is Jason, I am also one of the purveyors of the biomass media empire. Uh, I am tacitly uh, you know, living through several of my uh, pieces that have been at Gen Con uh, that I've been uh, talking to guys I've known over the years, this, that, and the other. Highly recommended. If, you, if you've never been to a con, so to speak, and, and I don't mean like, the kind that Zell usually goes to like, you know, at County. But if you've, if you've never been to one of these, they're really, really cool events. And it doesn't matter if it's a comic con, like a gen con or a, a whatever con, if it's something that's kind of, that's kind of put on well, they're usually really fun events and, and they're surprisingly, uh, surprisingly hip to like, kind of like whatever anybody wants to do there. And they're, you know, you can watch people get into some amazing nerd ninja matches though. Uh, which, which is always kind of fun. So th these things are pretty cool. So that's kind of my shout out there, or at least my pre shout out to my shout out later that we're going to do if we survive the rest of the podcast and Zell's head doesn't explode from another cyst. So uh, the only thing I got for the number one seventy, in all fairness, is that I used to know where uh, 
Texas State Highway 170 was because he used to drive on it periodically. So that's all I got. That's that's literally all I got for 170, man. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, and I'm, of course, Pokey Draven. I help uh, host the show here, also a purveyor of the Biomass Empire. And uh, yeah, so here we go. We've got some, some good stuff here. So um, Deadpool 2, it's one we've kind of been keeping an eye, our eye on. Uh, you know, ever since we heard about Deadpool one, we've kind of been covering the 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 new franchise as a whole. And uh, unfortunately, this last week there was a stunt woman who uh, was on a motorcycle filming for Deadpool two and, and lost control of the vehicle and went creeping into a building, and she unfortunately died. Um, so that was that was really tragic. And Ryan Reynolds actually came out with a pretty pretty nice statement, I thought, uh, about the whole thing. But yeah, it's just unfortunately this sort of thing happens you know with these stunt people they're doing all these crazy things that we kind of take for granted in in films and unfortunately it just didn't work out for for this particular individual and then she did pass away so that is a that is a real shame just out of curiosity motorcycle yeah motorcycle. uh she wiped out on a motorcycle it looks like um initial reports were either she failed to break brakes failed something happened it, it didn't go well and she basically careened into uh like a a plate glass glass window, wall. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah, they didn't show any, you know, details, but it, it, the the crash site itself looked pretty pretty nasty. Like she hit it really hard. So you know, it's it's unfortunate. It's just you know, it is it is shitty. I mean, you see this this happen. I think uh, later that week, actually, Tom Cruise was filming a a bit, and he he did he was doing his own stunt, and he just completely wiped out and, and actually injured injured himself. Not serious, but. You know, they were kind of pulling him off the set. He was limping. So, I mean, this stuff happens probably more often than we realize. And unfortunately, it can be really bad sometimes. So, you know, that's that's really unfortunate for the uh, that woman and, and her family and friends, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, that's this is like the second time there's been a, a stunt performer that's uh, that's passed away on the job. Like, I think in the last month, month and a half, there's that guy from The Walking Dead probably about a month ago that passed mm-hmm. away uh, in a high fall. So, and you know, just kind of reminder, you we we do we do enjoy these these movies a lot. You know, we uh, we wouldn't be doing this podcast in many ways, and and not talking about a lot of the things if you if you didn't enjoy going to a lot of these big movies, these big comic book movies or adventure flicks, this, that, and the other. Uh, and and you know, these people literally do you know put themselves at some degree of bodily risk. It's very it is very controlled, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go on in there. However, um, you know, they're basically doing this for our entertainment. You know, they, they do put themselves at, at some level of risk for our inter- entertainment. And you don't want to see that happen to anybody. Uh, and, and I think uh, Pokey had that uh, spotted pretty well. I know Ryan Reynolds and actually uh, quite a few of the cast, quite a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of folks generally uh, took to social media, you know, to, to kind of you know, reach out, send their condolences, things like that, as they should. You know, I, I'm a little jaded to the, uh, hey, let me change my... Let me let me change the shader on my uh, my social media oh, facial tag to show you that I care. But uh, I, I kind of get the impression. I mean, that is a fairly tight knit community, uh, and rarely do you hear speaker people uh, speak ill of stunt people. Usually, because if they weren't there, then the actor would have to do the do the stunts. Uh, and as far as Tom Cruise goes, I can think of nothing better that could have happened to a sixty year old cultist. So whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Anyways, we're moving along here. So it looks like uh, kind of left field on this one. It looks like they're actually uh, ABC is working on a live action reboot of the Jetsons, which is Whoa. kind of weird. Um, I, I had to. I just saw this and I was like, I had to point this <laughs> out. Um, 
it's uh i guess robert zemeckis is involved mm-hmm. um which is interesting that's you know the back to the future guy for those who don't know um just weird i i i this is one of those things i don't think you could probably do justice to yeah yeah it, you almost kind of have to take it the route of kind of self-parody and in, in making fun of the original and in, in what it's doing i think back to like uh the live action speed racer where it was pretty much kind of a parody of the original cartoon. Um, you can't take it too seriously. I think that would kind of ruin it. So we'll see where this one goes. If they try to take it too seriously, I think it's going to look kind of dumb, but if they make it kind of a poke and fun at itself, it, it could be, you know, decent at least, but uh, it is very weird. Just like, Oh yeah. You know, that cartoon from like 20 years ago, we're going to do a live action version of it since we can't do anything original these days. But uh, yeah, that is a strange one. Okay, so one thing I did want to follow up on. Hey, uh, you just, oh, sure, I'm sure. sorry, I, I had a lag in my mind. I was sitting there talking, and you're like, "Hey, he's not responding." The um, I, just a quick question. I I saw the link you had on that one in the pre-show notes. What that kind of came out of nowhere. Have you heard that anywhere else? But that one pop-up that that came, I mean, that looks pretty official too. Have you? I've not seen that before. You listed that today. Um, I think Zell's the one that found it, but I haven't seen it elsewhere. I'm trying to look at the date when it was posted. Okay, all right. So since we're on the topic, I have to ask: name the people that. So this is going to be on TV. Is it TV, Netflix, or, or movie? What is this? Uh it's ABC. So I'm okay, ABC. It's TV. So it's got to be primetime TV or something. All right, name me the people that who. All right, who should play George Jetson? Oh, jeez. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. That's who I was thinking. Tim Allen. Oh, that, that that would actually be good. I'd like that. That'd be good. All right. How about uh, Jane Jetson? Uh, fuck. That's probably not the right thing for primetime ABC, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Patricia Heaton or um, fucking, Who, who's that? She's the the woman from um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah. Um, she's also on. She is it Modern Family or the other one? She's on. She's either on either Modern Family or the other one that's sort of similar to Modern Family. Um, either her or uh, Leah Remy. Who is um oh god what was um the wife on the Sopranos that went over to Nurse oh. Jackie on HBO oh, 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 and then was on oh, Sons of Anarchy? Fuck. What was her name? Is, is that is that, the, is that all the same act actress? Are you talking about um you're not talking about um Tony's wife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a different woman. I can see her face plain as day. Hold on. Picture. Oh, no, uh, da, 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 no, that da. is no, that's two different ones because the yeah, uh, the one on Sons of Anarchy was Al Bundy's wife, Peg Bundy. Oh, no, yeah, I think it's it, it, it's two different people. Yeah, Eddie Falco. She she was the one that played the the uh, right, Sopranos wife. Yeah, and then she was in that show Nurse Jackie. She's pretty good. I, she's she's definitely that's definitely more of a you know like acerbic kind of pointy wit i don't know if it's like sitcom material but she's she would be pretty good um I'm, i don't know about leah remy though um I, it would have to be somebody that could it depends on how they wanted to play it if they were playing it straight like it would have to be pretty uh somebody pretty hip Tina face pretty hip um yeah i could see i could see that uh yeah she could probably do that tim allen might be a little old then you'd have to you have to scale that down because yeah, I mean, the, kid, dude, the kids will be teenagers. Like the kid, like the kids, will, the kids will be teenagers. So I was actually that's why I was thinking like, well, you know, Tim Allen's probably about right, and that's why I was kind of scaling up with uh, with Eddie Eddie Falco. Uh, all right, so who plays? Uh, so it's like Jane Jets. It's George Jane 
Elroy, Elroy the kid. What's the what's the daughter's name? Oh, Peck Bundy or Kelly Bundy? <laughs> Sorry, Kelly Bundy in space. The daughter from what? Uh, from the Jetsons, man. What's the what's the the daughter's name? I don't watch the Jetsons all that much. You guys are killing me, man. It's been forever, dude. <laughs> Be- okay, all right, bait. Like, who name like a pretty good like uh, female female actress that's of your age? It's Judy Jetson. Yes, Judy. Yeah. Hey, you're this is your this is your age group. Spit something out, man. I do I don't watch TV. Um like who are all the who are all the I, like I, the now hip hot actresses that you you and your little pizos talk about when you're at grade school? <laughs> Shit, man. I, I really do not watch TV. Um the fuck me. Um you could do the girl from uh main girl from uh Man in High Castle. This I figure this has um, not gone nearly as smooth or smooth I do, as I had in my I head when not, I asked this I question. I do not watch TV. I can't. I can't tell you what's doing well. Okay. All right. I'm not even going to ask about Elroy just for fear the answers we'll get. I'm going to. I'm going to. That one's easy though. You just okay. ask Michael Sarah. Who? No. Sarah. Are you? You're disgusting. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Shut Are you up. serious? He's like 19. He's older than you. Michael Sarah. No, I'd, I'd go with I'd go with the young kid that played in uh, Jurassic World. Um, I think his name oh, is Ty yeah, Ty yeah, Simpkins, yeah. little nerdy kid. And I think that, that'd be good. He's kind of got the yeah, look. I do that. Yeah, I'd like that one. But he's movie actor, so I'm not sure they do TV. I don't watch yeah, TV. Yeah, so. I will. I will assume that Astro will be animated. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> that would I would pay yes. cash money for that. <laughs> I have this theory that you could attach his name to anything. <laughs> It'll probably tell. <laughs> Pretty much, he does everything now. He's still all over the place. I mean, I, I'm, did, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. He did the new freaking Jumanji. So I mean, come on, he's not being picking and choosing. I, I absolutely cannot, in any way, shape, or form, figure out how Marvel or DC has not snapped him up to like headline a movie. Like, if there's anybody that looks like a, a comic book character, it's probably that guy. Andy can act. So it's like, what are you thinking? Just put them in spandex and ship it. You can do it. Well, you do, they they kept they keep throwing around this uh, Black Adam thing for him, but that's that's like a losing proposition. Look, one, you're gonna you're gonna have him star as a bad guy. Well, I guess you could, but like yeah. most people most people have no idea who Black Adam even is. I was like, oh man, you got to be kid- killing me. So I mean, they they should have done something. They definitely got to. Somebody's got to do something with that guy. They, 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 they really should. I mean, he he would be good. I mean, he looks just his body shape is so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, you, you basically look like a comic book hero. So let's just just go with it. So you know, well, that that'd be good. All right, so I, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and bow out of this one. I, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I I unfortunately thought this was gonna be a much much more focused and snappy, uh, snappy exchange on the Jetsons, but uh, then it dawned on me that I think I might be the only only person that was alive when Hanna Barbera was actually putting cartoons out that were not reruns. Pretty much, I mean, it's when I was even when I was young, and you know they were watching. They they had it playing like a Cartoon Network, and I watched them, but it wasn't long before they moved into over the boomer the Boomerang Channel, where it was you know the retro cartoons basically, and it, it was. I think like 15 maybe when that happens. So, I mean, they, they, they're pretty old. So unfortunately you know, for bait, who was born in the last 12 years, um, you know, he's going to struggle hey. with that one, but. <laughs> hey, fuck you. I, I liked, uh, Oh God damn it. What's the Scooby-Doo one that was, that was on when I was a young. Lad? There's a lot of them. <laughs> what's, was it, what's new Scooby-Doo? 
Uh, it's wow, any, yeah, that any was, number of yeah, that, that's the newer one. That was like, there were no, like five or six, the, that was like no, five or six Scooby-Doo it, series. It was in. Like, it's a putt named Scooby-Doo. That's it. Oh, okay. And it was that's, along those lines. That's not too bad. No, it's great. That's not, not, not too new, but you'll, you'll pass with that one. All right, okay. let's move along here. I feel, uh-huh. I feel validated. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, speaking of cartoons, I did want to do a short follow-up. Um, last week I talked about Stan Lee's the anime, The Reflection. I uh, kind of gave it a, a, a pretty poor review. Um, didn't really care for the first episode. I did watch episode two. Uh, Stan Lee actually makes an appearance in this one, so that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, overall, uh, story definitely improved quite a bit. I, I don't know what happened with the first episode. It was just very awkward and weird. But uh, it did it did improve quite a bit in the second episode. So if you were turned off by my review last week, uh, it's probably worth sticking through until episode two at the very least. I can't speak for what's, what's after that, but uh, it did improve a bit. So uh, I'm looking a little more forward to watching the rest of it now. So just uh, wanted to give a follow-up and then do, give due diligence on that one because I, I know I kind of trashed it last week. So uh, that's my bit on that. So moving along here, uh, big announcement came out of CCP this week. Um, so previously, Eve Valkyrie was a VR exclusive title, and it was cross-play on PlayStation 4 with the PSVR and then the HTC Vive, as well as the Oculus Rift. And the VR was required to play, like you couldn't play it normally. However, there is an update, the, the first major expansion they have coming out, which is called Eve Valkyrie Warzone. And uh, kind of the two biggest things for most people they're going to care about is one, they're allowing cross-play um, between all the platforms. I think you could before, you could actually play against people in other platforms, but you could only squad with people on your own platform, that's which still, is a little that's weird. That's still the same case. That, that, that has not changed. Are you sure? I yes. thought they were saying like, you could cross-play freely you, now. No, There is still cross-play in the same way there was before. Uh, you can only group with people using the same, you know, because... They don't really have like a, a Valkyrie account so much as you have your Steam account, PlayStation account, etc. Mm. Um, or Oculus account. You have to be on the same account system to squad up. Um, so you can be in match with people from different platforms, but you can only squad with those from your type of platform. That's correct. But that's, okay. I'm fine with that. I'm, that's <laughs> yeah, fine. I mean, it's, it's not a game breaker, but... Uh... You know, that's it's a little weird. You think that they just implement kind of a, a centralized account that you could sign into, and that would be that. They just have like a friends list through through the game, kind of yeah, like Dust or Eve has. But so I, far, I, this I, is a very light. It's a very light game in terms of extra UI and features, and I think a big part of that is because um, you know everything is uh, the navigation in Valkyrie right now is primarily like you look at something and then click on it. Um, so it's hard to do a super complicated UI in that. I think they wanted to keep it simple, you know, natively adopt every platform's friendly matchmaking mechanics, um, as is, you know, just just pick up your friends lists from, you know, your console. Um, and so that's that's really all they've done with it so far. Um, but the, the big news is that they are supporting uh, playing without a VR headset, uh, including for PC, that you will be able to play with keyboard and mouse. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's actually really cool. That will probably actually get me to buy the game because I I do not own a VR headset. I think only one on the show who does is is Zell. Um, but the game is is fun. I, I've played it before on different builds, and it's it's a fun game. The VR adds quite a bit to it, so I think you're probably missing out on a little bit of the experience without the VR. But 
is a just a straight up dog fighting simulator set in the New Eden universe. Um, it's it's good, so I think it's it's worth picking up, and that's something I'm I'm probably going to jump on and give a shot because, uh, like I said, I I enjoyed playing it before, so it's it's probably worth the time to kind of pick it up again. Uh, and it's cheap. You can usually get it in the thirty dollar range. Um, and uh, you know, as I said, it's fairly simple. It doesn't have a lot of extra 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 features. It's it's a you know straight up go shoot things in a dog fighting game in space. That's that's what it is. It's what you get. But it's it's well done. Um, it's solidly designed. Um, CCP has said that there are uh, advantages and disadvantages to playing with and without a, a VR headset that they feel uh, more or less balance out. Yeah, and, and th- this update comes with quite a few changes as well. Um, so if you were concerned, because if you're familiar with the game, um, you're in the cockpit and you're flying around and you shoot in front of you with your turrets, but you have a missile system you can lock on to enemy ships and shoot at, and you lock on by looking in their direction. So you tilt your head back and the little locking reticle will, will move up to where you're looking and you can lock on to stuff. Um, and that was kind of why the VR was required, because part of the gameplay required the actual head tracking. Um, I guess they're kind of revamping some of the controls to allow people to, um, either with a control stick or with a mouse, uh, freely look around the cabin so you're steering with one control stick and you're looking with the other which like i said might feel a little weird but it does get the job done in terms of actually you know allowing that sort of gameplay so it's a it's decent workaround so if you're a little concerned about that that's that's how that's going to work so just keep that in mind you know when you get in there because you will be playing with people who are also playing on the vr um, and you may not be but like I said, this is coming with a lot of new changes. Uh, there's two maps coming in, um, new ships, new cosmetics. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Zell. The game is thirty bucks, but they do have microtransactions for like boosters and cosmetics. Is that right? Um, yes. Okay. Just so just so you're aware, you know, it's it's there is the microtransaction thing going on. So you know, it's a lower price point, but keep in mind that that's not going to be required to play with the microtransactions. But it is, you know, if you're familiar with with Dust, you kind of know what to expect. Uh, Eve has the skins, that sort of thing. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, so we got the crossplay. We got two new maps, new ships, new cosmetics, uh, new game mode, which has some environmental hazards. That's called Extraction. Um, I guess they're changing quite a, a lot of stuff. So there's some items that have become uh, invalid. So if you had purchased those prior, you're going to get the refund on that. Um, Dust saw something similar to this too, where they kind of made some things obsolete or moved them from the game, and they they refunded either the you know in-game currency or the premium currency equivalent. So if you do have those items, don't be afraid of this update. You will get refunded for those. Um, and overall, it's kind of a big balancing shift there. There. Balancing a lot of stuff, they're kind of changing some of the progression stuff. Um, kind of an overall systems overhaul for what's coming up with the uh, the update. And that's coming out on September 26th, I believe. So that's actually pretty close. Um, and once that update comes in, you will be able to buy it and not need the VR to play the game. So um, if you are interested, like like Zell said, it's only $30. Bucks. Um, it's it's a good price. Um, it's a fun game. I've like I've personally played it before. Zell's played it before. So probably worth checking out and uh, kind of looking at the reviews and, and seeing what you think. They got a uh, uh, Valkyrie tweeted out a pretty cool picture earlier today that was uh, I, I it maybe it's probably at Gen Con. I bet it's uh, it looks like rat like just wrote like their uh, their demo room where they got rows and rows and rows of uh, of placed at player stations. And they're they're all they alternate uh, like PC and Xboxes, <laughs> so it's or looks like Xbox controls that, and it's maybe hooked up to PCs. I don't know, but 
it's kind of it's kind of cool that they're actually doing it. I, I acknowledge it maybe uh you know I, I i think you sounded like you poo-pooed it a little bit zell but let's be realistic like as much as people have talked about any form of meaningful cross play between console and and uh you know pc boxes this is about as far as it's going like right now and for most games yeah yeah and if it's if it's done well or certainly on any kind of minute to minute game uh in terms of like the you know like an action based game like turn you know turn based not quite the same but like something like this the fact that they're doing it at all like that that bodes pretty well i mean we just we had a uh we had a, a big discussion on the show about it like what two shows ago so right now i'm going to call it that clearly ccp uh hilmar if you're listening uh and sony entertainment clearly listen to biomass i suspect <laughs> that they are reacting to the millions and millions of biomaniacs out there that are clamoring for cross-play support right now. And for us plebs who don't have VR headsets. That's true. I'd really like them if they could send us some for the show because we'd, you know, like, test, quote-unquote, air quotes in the air, test yeah. out some shit for them. I'm Absolutely. all about that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a good move um, on their front. Um, it's because, I mean, they, they had the advantage of shipping the game with pretty much like every VR headset came, like, pre-packaged with the game if you pre-ordered or something like that. So most or a very large number of, of people out there who have VR headsets um, have you Valkyrie in one form or the other. Um, I think that by, you know, kind of getting that market share initially and then coming out and going, okay, we're going to make it compatible with non VR. People may get the game and go like, shit, this is badass. It might actually consider picking up a VR headset, which is only good for CCP who's definitely pushing into more VR games. So, you know, I think it's kind of win-win for everyone. Um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to giving it a shot. Alrighty, so speaking of space combat, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. This is not the original Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's the new Star Wars Battlefront 2. I, I can't... This whole like we're going to change the name back to what it was the first time we released the game is going to throw me off real quick here um but they released a new trailer uh kind of showing some cinematics of the space combat that's going to be in the next uh, battlefront game and it kind of i think the point they're kind of drive in there is it's it's definitely over the full timeline of the movies you've got scenes these you know iconic space battles from all the different points in the the movie um saga so they did a good job of showing off that um it wasn't gameplay it was all cinematic so not a really good indication of what it's actually going to be like uh but it is good eye candy it does kind of show off that they're committed to kind of giving the full story experience um and uh you know i think that's that's probably a good thing i, I didn't pick up the the new battlefront one um but i did play the beta i didn't care for it the air combat felt kind of clunky uh and they seem pretty committed to kind of bringing that uh air and space combat um up to a better level so hopefully that's a good positive for those who are a fan of the series uh but it is a cool trailer so you should probably go check it out speaking of space games that didn't do so well uh mass effect andromeda so uh bioware officially announced this week that they are ending uh support for the single player campaign it will be receiving no further updates or DLC. Uh, so that bit is done. So the the version of the single-player experience you have for Mass Effect Andromeda is what you're going to get forever. Uh, they are going to continue to support the multiplayer mode, so that'll get some updates with you know patches, um, some content, that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, the single-player is done. Um, if you're a fan of the multiplayer, you still have some, some life left in the game, but uh, unfortunately they seem pretty much... Uh, kind of through with this i know that their studio went uh, under restructuring which means they 
pretty much got rid of most of them and, and moved a few more around. But uh, yeah, they're they're I think they're done with with Mass Effect for a while. It, this has been a really bad stain on their record. Um, I know Bate's been giving it a shot though. What are you what are you thinking about it so far, Bate? Um, I actually uh, came home right before the show and threw it into my Xbox and started installing it. I just created my character and character customization was pretty lacking. I felt like um, I was able to, to do everything in a grand total of probably five minutes. Um, so that was kind of sad. And I am just getting through the opening cutscene right now. So I, I'll be able to get um, a little bit more uh, in the next about, eh, I would say, week to two weeks. Okay. So school's starting tomorrow. So I think that will... Uh, kind of limit my time but I'll, I'll have a review of it soon cool I, i've personally enjoyed all of it i've played so far i've uh, you know i've only gotten i don't know maybe a quarter of the way through the story um but i've enjoyed what i've played of it and i, I you know i feel it's one of those things where the game could never live up to where it was you know we've talked before about the what they were trying to do with it and what they failed to accomplish um you know it is what it is. I really hope it it isn't the last Mass Effect title for a long time, but I yeah. fear it might be. Yeah, from the way that that wording is, it sounds like you know that this will be the last game that we we'll have for a while. Um, I don't know if the article that Pokey just was referencing uh, mentioned this, but uh, EA Montreal, the studio that was in charge of this game, has already been dissolved and has been absorbed mm-hmm. by another EA studio. Um, <laughs> which kind of made yeah, me chuckle, we, but also made me really sad. Yeah, we talked about this, I want to say, maybe a month or two ago, Okay. Um, when a lot of this news did come out unofficially. So a lot of this is really just them making a public statement gotcha. of what we'd already mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah, I, I read a really good documentary uh, earlier this week about it, and basically they had this vision all the way up until about 18 months before the game was supposed to come out, and they realized it's not working, so pretty much the entirety of the game was produced in a year and a half. Um, nice. And it shows. So, yeah, that, that's kind of why it is the way it is. They just kind of went, uh, this shit's not working, but we have a hard deadline. Like, we got to push it out. And so they did. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the guys that were checking me out at Target were, we, we got into a, into a big discussion about it. About <laughs> one guy really liked it, and the other guy was like, no, dude, it's shit. You don't feel, you're not like attached to any of the characters and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so that was, that was interesting, but still bought the game, of course. So I'll be able to tell you more about it in about two weeks or so. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. So moving along, uh, I, one, one game that is still going to be getting updates, uh, Fortnite. It's kind of what the game I've been playing uh, a lot of lately. Um, this is the kind of base building borderland style RNG zombie defense game. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, that's getting a big update coming on August 29th. I think it's update 1.5 of uh, the early access. Um, not a ton of details, but there's uh, just a bunch of stability fixes. I actually personally haven't uh, experienced many stability problems. There's a few um, game mode glitches, which have caused a, a few problems, but nothing like, you know, rage inducing. Uh, but I guess some people are experiencing some stability problems. So they're going to be fixing a lot of those. Uh, they are adding a survival mode, which is sounds pretty intense. Um, it can last anywhere between 3 and 14 in-game days. If you go the full 14 in-game days, it's actually four hours of uh, real-time play. So it's it's really like this endurance race of, you know, you got to chug along for, you know, four freaking hours. I'm not sure I could actually sit down that long and play it, but it'll be good to give it a shot. I like survival games, so having a survival mode would be kind of neat. Um, and they're adding some random uh, unique effects to various modes in the map, which kind of add 
random uh, modifiers that make you know enemies go berserk or stuff drops differently, uh, things build faster, slower, that sort of thing. Uh, just kind of some some updates to give some of the gameplay a little bit more of a twist, um, which should be fun. Gameplay is already really fun, but it's kind of good to have some extra variety in there, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and yeah, so that's coming out uh, August 29th. Um, if you're playing the game, and if you're not, uh, I I do honestly suggest the game. I, I do recommend it. Um, it's it's got the RNG elements, which can be a little frustrating, but the gameplay loop is so good that I don't care as much. I do kind of grind my teeth a bit when I'm like, God, I just want to play as this character, but I can't get it to drop. Um, but you know, there's there are some caveats to the free to play, so uh, you can pick it up for early access for forty bucks. I do recommend it, but uh, yeah, if you're already playing. Uh, look forward to that update on the 29th of August. A uh, couple small things here. Uh, Final Fantasy Dissidia. Uh, we knew a few weeks or about a, uh, a couple months ago, maybe, that uh, it was getting a PS4 release in uh, worldwide. Uh, this is a game that was previously had an exclusive contract for uh, Japanese arcades only, but the game is built on a PS4 uh, architecture. Like there was actually like a PS4 in the arcade machine, um, so it was pretty easy to port over to uh, home console. Uh, and this is the uh, Final Fantasy kind of crossover uh, character game where it's a kind of an open arena combat game, and it's got characters from across the the franchise. And there's 15 main title games now, plus side things. So there's lots of characters to choose from. Uh, they actually had two games originally on the PSP that were both really good. Uh, some of the few really great games for the PSP. Um, and so those those were those were a lot of fun. So I'm pretty excited for this one coming out on PS4. And this one's going to kind of be a sequel to those original two games. And so that got a final release date uh, this last week of January 30th, 2018. So if you're a fan of Final Fantasy or the Dissidia series, uh, you can look forward to that one. And last thing is uh, the game Prey. Prey is a game that uh, I have been playing, doing a playthrough with me and Livy for the Dungeon Crawl series. We have up on YouTube and post on the website. Uh, really, really fun game. Uh, it's had a demo version for the Xbox and the PS4 version for quite some time now, uh, and they finally released the demo for uh, the Steam version of the game. So if you want to give it a shot, if you've been watching Bio, uh, Dungeon Crawl and you like it, uh, you can play for like an hour or two on Steam if you are a PC player. So I do suggest you give that one a shot. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, gameplay is kind of similar to uh, Bioshock or um, Dishonored, that sort of thing, where you're injecting yourself with all kinds of weird shit to give yourself powers and trying to survive through this messed up environment to, to escape or whatever. So uh, it's kind of along that thread, but uh, it is a good game. Uh, I haven't done a full review on it yet just because I haven't finished it yet, but uh, it is pretty solid. So I do suggest that one, and you can give the demo a shot on all platforms now. Hey, so the, a little bit about Prey. That was one of those um, sort of asymmetric PvP games, correct? No, I think you're thinking of uh, another oh, one. Oh, I... right. No, I'm sorry. You, you're. I know which one you're talking about. I, in my head, I, I was seeing a different game that we we'd been flitching about earlier. We we could um, actually talk about that one. Um, I, I forgot about it. It looks really cool. Uh, I thought I for for I was like, man, how did you and Livy get a hold of that thing? Oh yeah, no that that one's that one's not out. But the game he's talking about, we we can talk about that briefly. Um, it's called uh, Hunt Showdown. And uh, if you remember us talking about uh, Evolve um, a long time ago, um, we've, we've touched on it a few times. And Evolve was kind of like a four-person co-op where you got four dudes that are hunters and they're trying to hunt down um, this big monster, just one monster, who is much stronger than them. But, you know, the team of four is about equally balanced with the one monster. And so it's kind of this asymmetric hunt it down, capture it, kill it, that sort of thing. Um, 
the gameplay was kind of good, but the game had a lot of issues. Uh, but this new game, which is called Hunt Showdown, it's not the same creator. It's an entirely new company. Uh, kind of a similar deal, right? Where you're in a small group, maybe you know by yourself, maybe one or two other guys, and you're hunting this monster. And it's actually set in, I think, 17th century Louisiana. So you're like digging through the swamp and, and all the, the mess that comes with that um, to hunt down this creature. The deal is, though, is that there's other players trying to do the same thing, and you can PvP on the way to get the monster. So it's kind of this, like, uh, you know, emergent PvP sort of game. It looks really badass. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that one, Jay? It looked pretty good. I mean, so the the little I've seen about it, it, it you know, kind of clearly takes... I, I'm not going to say it takes a page from Evolve. I mean, it, it is a small, small, small co-op pv i guess pve pvp sort of mindset but it's very much like as pokey describes but the neat take on it is instead of like a fantastical sort of like predator like or alien like monster like of the aliens franchise like monster uh that you would fight in evolve these are very much right out of the tropes of horror movies uh, the one in the swamp uh the scenes from the swamp level uh or the swamp map are very you know crystal lake jason voorhees-esque um kind of environment and the bad guy kind of looks a bit like a cross between uh jason voorhees and you know like the uh the swamp thing from dc comics so it it, it looks kind of interesting in that you are fighting these type of uh you know the, these type of protagonists or antagonists rather no my my understanding was so that's not like you that's not like a player is that character that's that's you can a, contest that's with other players oh okay, yeah okay. The, the monster is an npc but the other players are the other hunters the, the other teams that are vying for the the reward by killing the npc monster okay all right yeah i got you to me that would be like a, a really cool step in that would be if that could be a player that would be really really bomber if yeah. you could do that that yeah uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. It's fine. The uh, that Friday the Thirteenth game that just came out, uh, you know, probably about a month ago. Uh, I I have not played it, but I've watched a couple of videos of it and talked to a couple of people that have, and uh, they said that one was surprise could be surprisingly fun. Uh, when you got to play as Jason, it was very very fun. It, the, you know, the game generally can be really fun, but there was a lot of rough mechanics in it or, or not necessarily the gameplay itself, but some of the problems of getting into and out of matches. And it was very rare that you got to be Jason. Cause it was literally like, like one out of like eight or nine chances. Also heard similar, uh, similar uh, sentiments from uh, a couple of friends of mine who, who play that game religiously uh, as well as rainbow six, it seems. Um, but you know, they, they did have really good things to say with it, uh, to say about it, um, uh, particularly like, you know, when you get a full squad or not a full squad, but like a full room of people that all have their mics and everybody's just shooting the shit and whatever. And like having a good time in the game is, uh, actually enjoyable. I'm surprised. Like I didn't hear anything about this game until, uh, I saw some of my friends. What the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it, it really did. And I mean, I think that's good. Uh, the the game seems to be doing really well. People seem to enjoy playing it. Um, but I, I I did think it was kind of weird that it seemingly did come out of nowhere. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. And the the one that um, that uh, hunted the one that Pokey's talking about uh, that was I, I had not heard of that either. That one was 
you know, not not something that was on my radar screen, but the premise of it looked pretty good. And my, you know, kind of me looking at uh, the Friday the Thirteenth game was like fresh on my mind. I was like, wow, that could be a really a really fun take on asymmetric, you know, mm-hmm. gameplay. I mean, I, I mean, it could, you know, I think it'd be really neat if it was more than just like an NPC boss battle. Um, that would be kind of cool. Otherwise, it's basically you're doing a Destiny raid, and except there's another team you got to shoot at too, other than the, you know, the big space rhino bad guy or whatever. Yeah. And the thing is that the asymmetric gameplay, like you've all had its issues, but when when it works, when you get the like that proper balance, you get the good matches where everything just kind of lines up right. It is very very fun. Like it's you know when you've got like these you like if you're like a hunter for example, and it's this really good chase, you actually feel like you're hunting this thing. You got to find tracks, and you finally corner it. And there's this big epic battle, and you finally take it down. It's like it's really good feeling. Um, same with playing as, you know, the, the monster or whatever, being able to kind of creep through the bushes and you're watching these guys run around circles cause you're, you give them the slip. Um, and then maybe like picking one off in the back cause he, he's falling behind. Um, it's, it's really, really good. So, I mean, it's, it, I think these kinds of games are tough to balance, uh, but when they do get it right, it's really, really good gameplay. So I'm, I'm really looking for a, a game that can actually nail the balance and name the, nail the experience really good. Cause like I said, when it's, when it's good, it's really good. It just can be really bad too. No, I would agree with that. Like, I think the, one of the first times I experienced not, I would not call it, you know, asymmetric, asymmetric gameplay, like PVP in the way that we're talking now, but the first time I've seen a really, neat take on how you play um, in terms of like the, the style of gameplay was uh, in the original AVP, like the, like the old, the original PC uh, aliens versus predators. Uh, you, you got through that, you know, you could add it actually had a pretty good campaign. And it was actually really good. You could, it was like one of those, you could like turn all the lights off and, you know, just have the, the screen and you hear that, that, really iconic, you know, uh, like motion sensor beep going off you know, as you're kind of patrolling through a hallway or something. It, it, it was really good. They had a couple of good jump scares in it, but they did have a pretty burgeoning uh, PVP system in it, like a, a pretty good one and some decent maps in it. And the deal was, you, you know, you could obviously pick between the three races and in the three races, you had, you know, ver- a variety of, you know, variations on them. But the, the differences between the predators, the Marines and the aliens were just dramatically different in how you could play them. Um, and it sounds kind of like, well, yeah, but you know, there's different characters in other games, you know, no, this was, this truly felt like really, really different because of how you, how you physically saw the maps like you're, cause it would, I mean, they did a really good job of trying to capture what was going on in there. So for instance, the Marines played very much like what you think, like pretty much any, shooter mechanic that we've ever played you know hey there's guns i've got some tool you know i've got some some sensors or some augmentations and i have to work on a squad and you know that you know we need to have a mix of weaponry very very standard gameplay the predator was not really designed that way it was really designed to fight in like by itself utterly or with and not it didn't really fight with other predators very well you know in terms of like you know there was nothing you could gain from really squatting up as a bunch of them, but the different cloaking mechanics, the different um, like sensor packages that you had and all this other kind of stuff. It really, it was truly a, like uh, you can get close melee and then get out of there. You could, you could camo up and all kind of stuff. You had all the tools you had in the movie predators and, you know, in the, in the movie, in the first two predator movies, basically all those things that you saw in those you could do in the game. 
and it worked really well picking off these Marines. The aliens were dramatically different because they could, they can basically move in 360 degrees uh, or re- really in all axes vertically. They could basically climb walls like Spider-Man and, and did it. And they moved four times faster than literally anything else in the game. So you had the, and they all saw the game differently. So you had these really different game styles and you could, and a lot of times like the really fun matches would have like one or two predators against basically a squad of Marines. And there'd be like one guy's an alien who was, and, and all three were duking it out. That mix was really, really cool because the game balanced at about that level. You know, it, it balanced to have like a lot of Marines, not many predators and not many aliens. And they all kind of checked each other in the gameplay. Uh, so that was kind of my first experience with that. And that's where I, it's always stuck with me that if you could capture that formula uh, and, and I, you know, I, I think evolve, you know, by the way, Pokey, you're spot on that, that game for all of its like blemishes and they, you know, some were bigger than others for all the, all those, that game's blemishes when it worked well, it worked really well. Um, and I was kind of hoping we'd get to see some more of that and some, and some other gameplay offerings. Uh, you know, Friday the 13th was one that kind of caught my eye and, and this one hunted as well. So but like I said, just my kind of thoughts on asymmetric, uh, you know, PVP style or asymmetric style gameplay. It was, it was kind of cool. So it kind of brought back that old memory. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good, good wrap up there. It's uh it's good stuff. And I, I do hope we can get some, some more of it that's done a little bit better than previous attempts, but uh, I think they're getting there. This, this uh, hunt, Hunt game looks pretty good, so we'll keep an eye on that one and, and report back when it comes out and, and maybe give it a shot. Okay, so last week, uh, Jay actually brought up a good idea to do a bit of a game discussion on a couple things. I kind of expanded on it a bit, so I, I want to kind of offer up two questions to the group. Um, basically, what was the most disappointing game you've played recently, or even ever? Uh, just one that you were really excited for, you had good expectations for it, and it came out, and you're just like, eh, this, this isn't really what I wanted. And then also, what's your biggest positive surprise in a game that you were like, yeah, I'll give it a shot, and it actually ended up being much, much better than you expected. So um, kind of kind of open up to the floor, just, you know, start off with whichever one you want and, and give us your thoughts. Positive for me would be those uh, those Telltale games. I mean, I think when they first announced, uh, which one was it that they first, like, the, the first one that they majorly, you know, hyped? Was the was the first season of Walking Dead? And, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think it was because the the couple that they did before were just like Law and Order ones, and nobody really gave a fuck about those. Um, but when when they announced those, um, the first season of uh, of Walking Dead, I kind of looked at it and, and I thought, you know, it's, it looked just like a like a point and click game um, that you know maybe had a little bit of a deeper story, but I wasn't expecting that much from the story, and then. You know, here we are now, uh, a couple of years down the road or whatever, and we've got three seasons of DLC, uh, and then like a like a spinoff. And I would go so far as to say that those games have probably the best story that that I've ever played in the game. I mean, I feel like I've played a, a, a fair share of games, and I'm comfortable with with making that assertion, um, but. Yeah, and I mean, and obviously people like it. I mean, you got to look at all the other Telltale games, all the other Telltale series that they have going on. They have and Batman going on still. I think they just made an announcement for uh, for that, and then they got the Game of Thrones and the Borderlands, and um, uh, what was the other one? Um, fuck, uh, Wolf Among Us. There we go. 
Uh, and, you know, people still buying them, so it seems to be doing something right. And what about a disappointing game for you, Bay? What was one that just uh, didn't live up to expectations? That's a hard one. I'm trying to think. I have to come back to you. Okay. What about you, Zoe? What was a what was a game that was surprisingly good for you that you you weren't sure but uh, ended up being really good? That's a hard one. I um I'm trying to think because I already had the other question, which was the first listed thing here, and I figured you were going to give me that one. Oh, first. okay. Well, go, oh, go ahead. That's take fine. That one, man. Um, whatever. Yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm not. I'm not picky. I'm just going um, with the flow here. I mean, I will say that uh, you know, and I've talked about before. I thought the Magic Circle was particularly amusing. Um, I wasn't really expecting as much as I got out of that game uh, in terms of just developer, like game developer hilarity of, of the sorts of things that happen behind game development. I said, be my positive surprise. Is it looks? It looks like a really, really silly game when you look at it, but it, it's actually very well done. Um, the most disappointing game I've ever played was Star Trek Online. I expected so much more. Um, it, like that was one of those things that was in development for so many years between different developers that went out of business, and then what we ended up getting was like a rebranded uh, Champions Online, and I, I was disappointed by it. That's it. Cool. All right, Jay. What about you? Um, in terms of the most disappointing, I, I've got sort of three that stuck out in my head. I, I was kind of wrestling with this because I like I knew we were going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, the, broadly, I would say, I remember, do you, there was a game that came, it was coming out for the PS2 called Haze. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember that one. Didn't that play was, what you're talking about. It was a highly, a highly pumped up first person shooter, super action. It, it, uh, it, you know, classic example of like, what little you could see back then on media, there's not, you know, not not as much of the interwebs searching as you do now. But uh, that there was there was a feeling of hype about it. A lot of you know, you'd read like in game mags and stuff like that. Everybody's looking forward to it, and, and it, it had all the appearances of being a pretty good game, uh, at least before you actually played it. And it was just simply not good. I mean, and it wasn't necessarily that the gameplay itself was bad. It was as generic as you could possibly get in terms of like, you know, just, you know, the shooting, you know, like the, the actual shoot, shoot play was not, there was nothing spectacular about it. it. It was utterly forgettable, but all of the story and and all of the wraps around it and all of the, all of that stuff was, it was just really bad. It just wasn't well done. It probably could have been, it could have been like a big, uh, a big console hitter for them, but it, it just wasn't. Uh, one of the other ones that uh, is much more recent than that was Duke Nukem Forever. So, like I, I, I remember playing, you know, Duke, you know, the Duke Nukem stuff years ago, like in the mid '90s. Uh, so it was really cool that they were bringing it out, like for a, you know, a more modern generation stuff like that. And and I, I, in my head, I remember I was remembering all these times I enjoyed playing that game. But so when the game came out, it was it wasn't all that good. Um, again extraordinarily bland and it you know, they were trying to like capture what was kind of cool about duke nukem in the you know, you know sort of like johnny bravo in a video game for lack of a better term but uh all, nothing had progressed i mean i got you know it's like 13 or 14 years since i'd last played a duke nukem game back in 2011 i guess when i played duke nukem forever and it just wasn't very good i mean it had like really bad humor like a game like that works well when it's funny and this one wasn't and they, they tried desperately to be funny and they were not. You didn't like drawing genitalia on the whiteboard and rescuing babes that were being fucked by aliens, dude. How do you not like that game, dude? 
if it's done well, <laughs> perhaps. Oh dear. But it was not. Um, the other one that I I was personally it was, didn't get nearly as big of a, a it was not nearly as big of a um, you know a lead up to it. But I was really kind of interested in it. Was too human. That was a a, a kind of a neat aspect i mean that the idea behind it was really cool is basically if you if you pretended that like many many you know thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years ago uh the vikings you know like the viking guys like thor and all those guys were actual like uh like human cybernetic warriors and all this kind of good stuff it's like a it's like a few like a far future version but really what it was was you know ragnarok was the thing that re hit the reset button and then took humanity back to the stone age from that. Uh, it had this really expansive sort of world built around it and it looked cool. And, and all of the game game articles I could like game pro game informer back in the day and stuff like that, that I could get a hold of the game looked really good and it was touted, you know, people were like, man, this looks like this is going to be a pretty sharp game. And it, it just di it didn't deliver. There was uh, quite a few, gameplay issues with it uh when it first came out uh in terms of like basic bugs things like that and there's like just huge huge gaps in the dialogue that would happen that were i it, it's like even back then i was like that's it clearly they were talking about something they skipped some part of the conversation and they've picked up again so i don't really know what's happening right now so i i, I i'm not really sure what happened with it but there was the core of what could have been a really a really neat neat game there uh, and it kind of facilitated between you could choose if you wanted to have a shooting experience or a melee experience and all this other kind of stuff based on how you built your character. But it would just, it, they've, I, I think they just screwed around with it or said or something or something, something or in the editing or what you lost a lot. And it, I, it probably needed a couple more polish passes. And in, in the retrospect, it was not necessarily a bad game, but it, A, it wasn't worth the 40 bucks I paid for it probably. And then two, I think in my head, I had made it out to be more really was going to be. And that's why it was disappointing for me. And those are my three. Okay. Were there any games that you played that were surprisingly good? Yes. Um, let's see. The, probably the one the one that stands out the most that I was, I was genuine, genuinely surprised by how much I enjoyed it was uh, Tales from the Borderland. You know, it's a more recent game. You know, I, I've messed around some of the, some of the Telltale stuff before. It's it, it's certainly not, and it's usually well done, but it's kind of you know like puppets. You know, like you're watching your own sort of choose your own adventure novel kind of thing. But Tales from the Borderlands, maybe because they were freed from trying to do lifelike animations and they were really getting to go with that full slim shaded look and all that kind or cell shade slim shady look excuse me <laughs> the, the cell shaded look and all that kind of good stuff. It it freed up a lot of the uh, like if you do like the game of thrones one or something like that or the walking dead one you kind of it, it the visuals in some ways take away from the story uh a little bit but in the uh, tales from the borderland one it's incredibly well written and well voice acted like it it is genuinely very humorous it, it's really really good um, and I think the style of animation all blended really well and I was not expecting that so uh, it, I think a few couple months ago we picked it. Uh, you know, me and you were talking about it on the show, Pokey. Mm -hmm. It came out for free, I guess, on uh, on PlayStation Plus. Uh, so I played it again. Really, really fun. My wife even liked it, and she's she's like extraordinarily finicky about games. Uh, but it's it's pretty cool. So that was probably the one that I would say 
I had zero expectations of, or perhaps I'm not really negative expectations, but just like I was, I was as meh as you could get about a game. And, uh, after playing it, it was, it was really, you know, I was really anxious to see the next chapters come out. Cause that was, that was probably when they were really starting to do the, um, you know, like release chapters at a time kind of thing. Uh, so I, I think I played, I think I got into and played like two or two or three chapters out of it. And I had to wait for the rest of them to come out. It was, that was the one I, I probably stuck out in my head the most. All right. Yeah, that that one was again. I'll agree. That was pretty surprisingly good. I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a shot. Like Borderlands. I'm like, oh, this is actually this is really good shit. Like, yeah, it was that was a good surprise. Um, Bait, have you thought of one yet for uh, a disappointment? Yes, actually, I have. I was I had to peek up at the few Xbox games that I own, and uh, I forgot I had Halo Five. So yeah, and I touched on this when when I first got the game sometime last year, I think. Uh, I, I picked it up after it had been out a while, and from everything that, that I feel like we were meant to believe, uh, if you follow the, the, the trailers and the development uh, of Halo 5, it was supposed to be this epic, like, Master Chief versus uh, versus Locke versus the Spartan Hunters. Um, I think they called them. I forgot what they called them in the game. Um, and Spartan Force. Spartan Force, yeah. The game was supposed to be fucking epic, right? Well, you boot up the game, and the story is nothing like they show in the trailer. There, uh, in the, the the cinematics, I guess that is that is one of the best cases of the trailer having a far more interesting story. Yeah, than the no game. shit. Like, and you were spot on, my man. <laughs> I I am really fucking. I'm still pissed a little bit about it. So, in short, in the trailer, there was one specifically. Um, one trailer specifically that, that it was the same trailer, but they kind of reversed the role. So in one of them, you were Master Chief and you were standing over uh, Spartan Locke, right? And you're like about to fucking shoot him or something, right? Well, then they reversed it to where you had Locke standing over Chief and he was like about to fucking shoot him or something. That I can confirm that never happened in the game at all. There were, and you know, and they did meet like halfway through the game. And when they did meet, it was like, oh, my God, it's Chief. We're supposed to arrest you. Chief's like, nah, fuck you, and then ran away. That was the summary of the entire meeting between Chief and Spartan Locke throughout Halo 5, right? There was absolutely no kind of like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking kill you and shoot you up, motherfucker, and, and all this other shit that they, that they promised in the trailer. Um, so that really let me down. I mean, but gameplay-wise, it's a Halo game. Man. It's not bad. Um, uh, who does Halo now? Bungie, right? There, there are three, four, three. Somebody, one of them, both of them actually do really good gameplay or uh, gunplay. It was very tight. It was, you know, it, it was what you would expect from either one of those two studios, whichever one did it. Um, but on the story department, it, this one was really lacking, despite all the hype that they kind of built up around it, which is odd uh, for a Halo game. You know, normally they have, they have, they actually do have pretty good stories, um, but but this one not so much. Yeah, I'm actually not a Halo player by any means, but I remember seeing those trailers thinking, oh, that, that's actually kind of a cool twist. That'd be an interesting story, and uh, <laughs> apparently not. So that's, that's kind of a disappointment. I um, the last but, one that did that was like Halo 2, where they built it up, oh, you're going to save the fucking world. Like, you're going to save Earth. And then when you got to Earth in like the last campaign mission, I think it was, it was like, eh, okay, that's Earth. I saved it, I guess. And you just kind of felt disappointed. This was a far bigger disappointment, I feel like. Gotcha. Yeah, my my disappointment is actually it kind of falls in a similar state. So it, mine's weird because I I really like the game. Um, 
like it was I, I consider it a good game but it wasn't nearly as good as i had hoped it would be um and largely it was because of the story because the trailers indicated this you know the trailers what the devs talked about was this big you know story that had all these elements in it they had these trailers that came out literally a weeks before the game launched and the game had absolutely nothing to do with the trailer like it was completely unrelated in every way like the scenes that were in the trailer never happened in the game and i'm talking about final fantasy 15. this is what mm. i waited around for for 10 years for like it was a hype beyond reason um and i enjoyed the end product but i've talked about it before it was clear that the game was not finished they had cut a ton of content out of it um and overall i left I was left kind of satisfied with it, but also extremely frustrated because it was like, you know, what I got was good. Like I, like the slice of pie I got was good, but I really wish I could have had the rest of the pie because I know it was there at one point. Um, and that, that was, that was a big disappointment for me because it was, it's one of the most frustrating games I've played in terms of expectations not being met, but also weird because I, I didn't enjoy what they had. It just, it didn't live up to the hype that I, I had built up in my mind or that the developers and the, marketing had built up unfortunately um they've released some dlc with more story which is kind of nice but doesn't quite fix it so that's my disappointment was that game also like that in the fact that the trailer was more than it oh yeah oh really yeah. huh yeah. Okay. And the really disgusting part is that they actually put part of the trailer in like like literally cut cut the video clip and put out of the trailer and put it in the game like is like a dream sequence or something and then the game has nothing to do about it at all like they just crammed it in there to try to make it relevant but it it wasn't at all with anything that was actually going on it was just weird and awkward and very disappointing so that, that final fantasy 15 is my big disappointment um biggest surprise for me was definitely doom 2016 i bought the game thinking Eh, I want a single-player game where I can shoot demons, and it's got a map builder, so that'd be kind of cool. And that's exactly what I got, but I didn't expect it to be done so damn well. Um, just extremely well-polished, very satisfying. Just It did exactly what I wanted it to, because that's all it tried to do. Um, extremely good experience. I, I've, I know I've recommended this ad nauseum, but that was that was a huge positive surprise for me. Just like even now, I, I'm like, God, I kind of want to go play it again because it was just a really good experience. So, Doom 2016 was probably my biggest uh, positive surprise for gaming um, in recent times. That was a pretty well done, pretty well done game generally. I would say, yeah, yeah definitely. So, just for the record, like what I was kind of like the kind of that nostalgic, but wow, this is incredibly well done and really fresh vibe. That's what I wanted out of Duke Nukem, but I got that thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we got and but Doom was Doom was really really slick. That was really well done. Yeah, no, good good stuff. Okay, that was a pretty good discussion. Um, anything else on that topic before we kind of move on, guys? Okay, I think we're good then. Uh, so one thing I did want to do is my PlayStation Plus freebie uh, review. So I played uh, Just Cause 3, um, which is the kind of game I hate playing. Uh, so general idea is it's kind of this open world um the principle is you're this guy, um, I think his name is Rico Rodriguez, who's going in to basically dislodge uh, a dictator from this country. And so you basically are going to go in, you liberate, you know, parts of the country, you unlock stuff, you get new weapons. It's the typical open world. Here's a giant space full of similar side quests that um, kind of divulges into this checklist of things to do until you get to go fight the big bad. Um, 
so that up front, uh, I don't care for that style of game. I've, I've, I'm not going to get into why I don't like that because I've done it before, but that's what you can expect is from kind of the general overarching gameplay loop. Um, it's very much kind of your typical open world checklist sort of game. Um, but from aside from that, uh, visually, game is very, very good looking. Um, it's kind of this tropical island. Um, it's it's visually appealing. I, I enjoyed kind of running around and looking at all the sites. That was done well. Um, kind of the primary mechanic is that your character has this grappling hook uh, mounted to their forearm, and they can literally grapple onto anything. Like any surface in the game can be grabbed onto, um, and you can then pull yourself towards it. So you can, you know, grab onto like a top of a water tower and zip up to the top of it to get, you know, a higher vantage point. Um, it also kind of has a cool mechanic where you can actually grapple two objects together, so you can like let's say, uh, latch one onto like a fuel tank and then put the other end into the wall next to it and then you hit the button, it it, uh, it contracts the rope. So it'll actually pull the fuel tank over and you can draw objects towards each other, which is actually kind of creates some pretty interesting gameplay stuff where I, I was able to actually like shoot a guy with the grappling thing, hook to a, a wall and then launched him out of like a building because it was just, it, it pulled him straight out, out through a window. Like that was, that was kind of cool. So... Uh, that element was actually pretty fun, and there was some creative stuff you could do. I haven't seen anything like that before. Um, that also plays pretty heavily into the movement, in which was the most ridiculous but kind of refreshing um, movement mechanic I've, I've seen in that style of game. So obviously you can grapple onto stuff and, and pull towards it. But you also have a wingsuit, which you can use to glide, and this parachute that can be deployed literally at any point while you're in the air, pretty much. So usually what happens is you'll be running along and you'll like grapple onto a tree, right? And so you'll start reeling yourself in and you'll get like five feet off the ground and you hit the parachute button and you do this like backflip and it like, it, the parachute pops out, but the forward momentum from like your grappling hook propels you forward. So you kind of launch into the air. Um, and then while you're gliding with this parachute, you can grab onto anything and kind of pull yourself towards it to kind of keep momentum and keep, you know, generating lift and, and propelling yourself across the world. So it kind of turns into this uh, floaty Spider-Man sort of deal where you're just kind of grabbing on the mountains and pulling yourself up the mountain through the air. And, and it was that was actually kind of fun. Um, usually it's just climbing a helicopter and flying. And, and the game's got that. Um, but I had a lot of fun just kind of playing with the, the grappling hook mechanic and the, the wingsuit and the parachute. So that was, that was actually pretty fun. Uh, I think the pinnacle of how ridiculous it got is that the game even tells you if you're falling from a high place, just shoot your grappling hook at the ground and it will pull you to the ground safely uh, without taking fall damage. So um, I fell off a cliff and, you know, just kind of fell for a while and then just apparently latched onto a rock and hit the ground at like 100 miles an hour, but I was fine. So that was that was kind of <laughs> kind of ridiculous in the game. Uh, openly admits that that's what you should do because that's how this world works. Um, and kind of in that thread, uh, it clearly isn't trying to take itself too seriously. Um, just by the way the characters talk and what's going on, it's very self-aware that what you're doing is completely stupid. It's not quite like Saints Row level of stupid, but it's definitely more on the, the comedy side than like, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto or something like that. So... It, it's it's aware that the whole premise is absolutely absurd. What you're doing is absurd. Um, the whole game is stupid in the game. And it's saying, yeah, we know it's dumb, but you're kind of having fun doing it. So 
who gives a shit, which is which is fairly true. I mean, I did have fun kind of uh, going around just blowing stuff up. Like one of the missions is to go and basically dismantle a power plant, which involves you know pulling fuel tanks over on top of other fuel tanks, and it's this massive chain explosion, which you know blows me halfway across the the field because why not? Um, and that was that was fun. It's not something that I would want to play for an entire game again, just because I dislike the whole open world, complete the checklist. But the gameplay loop itself was admittedly kind of fun. Um, just kind of over the top. You get to have some interesting mechanics, some cool stuff you can do with your your grappling hook and that sort of thing. So, you know, if you like that kind of game, the open world kind of you know go through freeing all the provinces or whatever you probably actually kind of like this one. If you are like me and you don't care for that kind of game, but you kind of want to waste two hours just doing dumb stuff around the town, it also has something to offer for you. So not a bad game. Um, it was well-produced, good production value. Uh, not for everyone, but they did do a lot of stuff right. It's It's got more fun stuff for a player like me than some other similar games. So I got to give it a, a fairly decent recommendation for, you know, depending on how you, you like that style of game, um, what you can expect from it. But overall, uh, a fairly positive experience on that one. And that's um, Just Cause 3. It's available, uh, I think, until the 5th of September on PlayStation Plus for free if you have PlayStation Plus. And I don't think it includes any of the DLC, so it's just the base game, but obviously there's plenty of stuff to do. So, um, you know, if you want to burn a few hours, uh, probably worth your time to, to pick it up and, and do some dumb stuff in-game. So that's my review on that one. I don't think that we have uh, announcements on the games for September, so I'm not sure what what we'll be doing next week. We might uh, have just to review something that's not uh, in that lineup. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you with, with what uh, what's popping up on the, the freebies for uh, Xbox Gold and PlayStation Plus within a couple of weeks here. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to go over real quick before we do shoutouts? Uh, no, I think we, I think we covered or hit everything on the, uh, on the checklist tonight. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, really quickly, uh, first impressions of, uh, Andromeda, the cutscenes are a little goofy looking at times, but, um, all the, all the worlds are pretty. The, um, just, you know, I'm maybe, you know, I, I'm in as long as this show has been going on. So probably what, like an hour, hour and a half or so. Um, so, you know, I, I haven't done everything, obviously, but when, first impressions are, eh, it's all right. Um, when did you, uh, when did you download the game? Today. <laughs> so, um, so you, it's not, so, it's not even completely installed. I just got to the first planet. I, um, I think, I so want to say that they've had, they've gone back and probably the version you're playing is it, it a, has rel- a, a moderately more updated version than the one I played when it yes. came out. Yeah, it, uh, they have gone through and they have patched um, some of the, the goofier bugs um, that really made things stand out. But there were, um, the, there's a cutscene at, at the beginning with like your dad or whatever, and he's kind of he's kind of twitchy, like he's got Tourette's or something. Um, but I mean, I, I'm playing a female writer right now, um, which I think is the one that they were having animation issues with. Um, it was pretty much everything. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah but it, it was mostly uh, a female writer. Well, that's um, the one you heard about. That's the one a lot of people were talking about because her character, like, not just her animations, but just sort of generally how she was, her, her like, facial construct in the, yeah. in the original version was just, it was really not good. I, I did not play default, though, so I don't know if any of those facial oh, okay, okay. were over. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it's pretty cool so far. Um, there's, there, there's an auto cover mechanic. And that's a little bit annoying because it doesn't tell you there's an auto cover mechanic. Um, so I'm pushing buttons trying to figure out how to get in the cover, and I'm already in cover. 
Um, but I mean, so far that's my only major complaint uh, for the game. We'll, we'll see as time goes on. Oh, I have a carry limit. Fuck that. I just saw that. I can only carry 100 items. <laughs> that's, yeah, there we go. That's it. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, we'll have to get your thoughts in a, a week or two on once you kind of dive into it more, because I, uh, I think Jay and Zell have kind of given their thoughts on it. It'd be good to hear from you as well, since I know you're a, a longtime fan of the series as well. Okay, well, let's do some uh, shout-outs here then. So, Zell, buddy, I see you filled out that you have a shout-out, so yeah, you're up. Yeah, so, so um, you know, the big thing tomorrow is the Eclipse, and um, I didn't really do much to plan for this, so I didn't buy any of the glasses or anything like that. Um, and the thing that's that I decided, well, what can I do about it? And they're, you know, they're sold out everywhere. But as it turns out, a couple years ago in 2015, I was uh, I was at FanFest, um, and I, you know, I did the show from Iceland and everything. I actually slept through the eclipse that was in Iceland uh, that year, but that was the whole the whole point of the moving FanFest when they did that year was so that uh the fan fest would be during the eclipse and I, I i missed the event but i had the glasses they're eve fan fest branded eclipse glasses and i still have them so um my shout out is to uh eve fan fest and ccp games for giving me the eclipse glasses that i am going to use tomorrow now you're in chicago right so is that getting really it's, good coverage for the eclipse or is it it's kind gonna of be there? a partial like 80 i think it's like 80 percent something like oh, that that's not bad um, I'm like I'm like right under it. <laughs> yep, yeah, 90% yeah. reporting in, baby. So I will not uh, I will not get to see the whole the the magical totality, which is described as being like a completely different experience. Um, a friend of mine actually is driving down to like the southern tip of Illinois today, um, so that they will be able to see it tomorrow. Um, but I'm going to be at work. Um, but I will step out of work to uh, to. That sounds pretty good, man. I, yeah, I'm in I'm in Arizona, so we, we're going to get like 30% coverage. So it's I'm I'm not even that excited about it, unfortunately. But uh, you know, it should it should be good. So, uh, Bait, you're up, man. Yeah, dude. So uh, as I said, tomorrow is Eclipse Day, and here in the Northeast Florida, we have the wonderful opportunity of being in the 90% zone. And so I would like to give my shout out to all 21,2678 of my f- fellow Florida brothers. Uh, since tomorrow is, is Eclipse Day, as I just said, I want to shout out to all the brave Florida men, women, and children who will stand in their front lawn and look directly at the sun. Um, <laughs> as, as, as a Florida man, um, uh, or a Florida man in making, I have yet to, to, to burst through and, and uh, enter the, the, the world. Um, I, I live vicariously through such special, special individuals um, who, who, who do all the amazing things that you hear uh, people from Florida do. Um, so I, I look forward uh, to embracing my full Florida man status uh, any day now, and um, I'm kind of hoping tomorrow will be the start of it. And I, then I, I would like to. What's up, Zell? I was just gonna say I, I think we should actually seriously emphasize in here. Hey, let's yeah, be honest. Be no fun. one's gonna listen. Don't stare at the sun. Don't be a fucking idiot. It literally during the eclipse, it's actually more dangerous because um, it. It kind of messes with your natural inclination to glance away from the sun because it's it's a, a big dark spot in the middle of it. Um, so you actually can cause more damage to your eyes quicker um, no. tomorrow than any other day. Well, the best part is, and I didn't know this, apparently it's not that you go blind per se. It just looks like you got you got like a fucking botched uh, LASIK job. So you don't like necessarily like go, oh my god, I can't fucking see anything blind where like it's dark and whatever. 
but it's like everything is blurry and it's obviously it's irreversible um so it literally like burns the interior yeah. of your retina it's very unpleasant don't yeah, it's it's fucking messed up, but i i just find it hilarious that it's a botched laser uh lasik surgery so maybe if you if you if you look at it just right you, you might get that lasik surgery that, that you always wanted for, uh, for free um so yeah don't be a fucking idiot and look at the sun though I'm, it, I'm waiting to see how this turns out for you guys oh, down there in the northern part of Florida. Florida man subreddit <laughs> is going to be on fire tomorrow. I can't wait. Um, and then my, my final shout out uh, is to a little website that somebody showed me uh, earlier this week called Radio.Garden. And basically what it is, it's internet radio streaming from all across the world. So you get these weird little stations from like there's one in fucking uh, Greenland that I've been listening to that has a pretty good uh, music selection in, uh, in English, of course. Uh, but there's another one in St. Petersburg, Russia. It's called uh, Imagine FM Jazz, and it's got some it's got some pretty swanky uh, jazz tunes from like the quote unquote the golden age of, of jazz music, um, and uh, that has replaced Spotify as my daily listen uh, listening uh, app for for about two days now. So I'm really happy with it. All right, sounds pretty good, man. Uh, my shout out's going to be to whoever the hell decided that heavy metal was the best music uh, to play in the background of a trailer for a fishing video game. Uh, there's a game called Fishing Planet that released a trailer this week, and honest to God, the official music is literally metal. Um, like, Because fishing games are serious business, and you have to have serious music for serious business. So it's actually hilarious, so you should check it out. We'll have a link in the description for Fishing Planet and their heavy metal uh, background music. All right, Jay, you're up. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to give it a shout-out to Jerome Flynn. You guys all know who that is, right? Nope. Googling. That would be the actor that plays Braun from Game of Thrones. Uh, so what most people don't know about Jerome Flynn is that back in the 90s, he was actually a pop star. Like, no shit like full Monty videos in like track pants and all pop star. Uh, he was a member of, uh, God, what is it? It was uh, Rob Robson and Jerome. Uh, they were from, they were on the UK pop charts. Simon Cowell was their, uh, was one of their producers. And uh, if you ever heard, you remember that song, what becomes of the broken hearted? Uh, I believe they did a remake of unchained melody and some other stuff like that. Uh, like, has he he's like literally sold more than a million copies of of uh, of a record uh he had two two albums a greatest hits and any other number of uh you know singles that he's released the pictures of him back in the 90s he he obviously looks nowhere nearly as haggard and punched in the face as he does now on the game of thrones he had like platinum blonde hair much more of it than he does now uh very very boy bandy. It was kind of comical. So that's my shout out to Jerome, Jerome Flynn. Funny things that you, funny things you notice when you're, you're like, I could not place where this guy was. I've seen him maybe in some, in a couple other things, but I could not for the life of me place who he was. And I remember seeing his name and I was like, I know that name from somewhere. And it took me a while. And then finally I got clued into it from somebody else. And I, I went, went back and sure enough, checked out the, uh, you know, the Jerome Flynn.com website. And I was like, Oh my God! I know that guy. <laughs> so, uh, so that's my shout out for odd things you do to get you where you're at. Uh, if you ever want to, so on that note, 
earlier this afternoon, I hopped on, did some interwebbing. If you look at who a lot of the people are that play older folks in Game of Thrones, um, you would be absolutely amazed at some of the movies that they've been in. And you will absolutely kick yourself and try to figure out how in the hell did I not see that? To include one fairly fairly significant Star Wars character that not many people realize is in the show. So uh, that would be my, my little shout out is, uh, is to Jerome Flynn. And I will also like to call that uh, season seven of Game of Thrones is clearly my favorite season so far. Uh, the, the other ones have been good. This one is, is pretty solid. And I would also like to give a shout out to one of my favorite Game of Thrones characters, Sandor the Hound Clegane. And I am patiently waiting for a Clegane Bowl at some point. And if George R. R. Martin and HBO don't give it to me, I'll fucking riot. Dropping the mic now. <laughs> okay. Good stuff, man. Uh, and I think that's our show then. We uh, Pretty good topics. Uh, good discussion there. So it was a good one. Uh, again, if you want to be on the show, anything you want us to talk about, any games you want us to play, do a YouTube series on, just let us know. Go to biomass.net or biomass.com. Click on the Contact Us button and let us know. But other than that, guys, uh, be safe out there. Don't stare at the sun. If you don't have glasses and want to enjoy the eclipse, you can look up like a pinhole projector box. You can make out a cardboard box and a pair of scissors, and you can actually like kinda, a cereal box. Everybody has a like, cereal box. Yeah, like honestly, just look, just 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 YouTube it. Like it's it's super simple. Um, it lets you kind of see what's going on without actually looking directly at the sun. It's it's really cool. I've actually done it before. Um, so yeah. Give that one a shot if you don't have access to glasses. I know there's kind of been a shortage in some places, and people are all buying them up. So, uh, yeah, you can still enjoy it without cooking your eyes and giving yourself a bad LASIK job. But, uh, yeah, be safe out there, and thanks for tuning in, and see you later.